Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey everyone, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And this is Season 5 of Pero Let Me Tell You. Hey, mi gente, Ish here. Now... I mean, if you've been listening over 200 episodes at this point, you know that one of the things we love to do is bring about the beauty that is our culture. There's so much richness there. There's so many stories that need to be told and should never be forgotten. And that's why I am super excited to be here at Beat Culture with the co-creators of the Amparo Experience, which, I mean, pre-COVID, there was no other ticket that was hotter than the Amparo Experience in Miami. I mean... It just, that's called a fact and you have to live with it. Um, but they are also the co-founders of the Abre Camino Collective, which is like an art collective that really is about telling our stories and making sure that, again, we don't lose those stories to time, as it were. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, we have Vanessa Garcia and Victoria Collado with us. Thank you, ladies, for, for making the time. I know... To say you're busy is almost like saying water is wet <laughs> is the understatement of life. But um, but yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for coming. I mean, I see you're wearing your Forever Cuba shirt from I the Amparo to. experience. Yeah. You know, I I was looking for my like Cuba-ish shirt. All I could find was my the Miami shirt. But <laughs> yeah. we're on the same wavelength. Yes. We're yes. on the same wavelength. And we're all very... I have a sabache. Oh, yeah. well, oh, well counts, she wins. Right? She super wins. She wins. Like That's Cuba it. Right like, forget it. You, win, like, you have... win Cuba. That's it. Like. That's it. <laughs> I literally told her that today. Like, one day you're going to come in and you're going to be like, yeah, I solved Cuba's problem. I'm like, okay, great. I believe it. I, I believe it. Do. I mean, if anybody can do it, why oh, not? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> so, thank, again, thanks for joining for joining us. So, I, I want to start with the Amparo experience just because, like I said, it, it seems, and I want to say it was 2019 when, yes. yeah. when it was uh, put up first put on yeah yeah. Um, the, yeah we had two two like test pilots in 2018 and then 2019 was like the for real thing right i'm not kidding when i say if you lived in miami and you didn't know about the empato experience then you weren't living in miami and you were or you were dead <laughs> it, it, those are the only two options 
it was like the hottest ticket that that year. I mean, wh where did the idea come from? Because it wasn't just theater, right? I mean, and not to say that, oh, anybody can write a play, because, mm -hmm. I mean, I have, but... <laughs> you know, but but it was an immersive experience. So yeah. it was like you guys said, you know, I'm going to write a play. No, hold my beer. I'm going to do more. <laughs> right? Like, so how did that even happen? Um, I think we live in hold my beer mode. But, but <laughs> yes. as we're having yeah. beers right now. Yes. yes. <laughs> hold my beer. Um, but I will say that uh, I'll start with they, um, the marketing company of Havana Club reached out to me okay. and asked me. They were like, oh, you write a lot about Cuba and you also... Um, have written plays and you know about Cuba, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and there's a story, Havana Club, blah, blah, blah. The real Havana Club, by the way, people. The I'm real. just putting that out there. <laughs> That's just correct. Saying, okay. The real Havana Club. <laughs> Asterisk made Puerto footnote. Rico. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that one. Um, but yeah, so th they reached out to me and said, Do you, are you interested in writing this really short, like 20 minute thing in a bar? And um, I was like, yeah, let me look it up. I was doing something else. And then when I started to research the thing, mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh, my God, this is the best story. Why isn't this told? This has right. to get told. And then I called Vicky. So you were like, 20 <laughs> minutes is not going to cut it. No, no, no. no. <laughs> like, forget the 20 it. 20-minute thing went out the window the first time I had a beer with Paul Ramirez, who's the person who, like, you know, had brought me on. And then the next person, which was Michael Sheehan. And then it just, everything went out, the 20 minutes went out the window on, like, what, day three or something. Yeah. I want to <laughs> say that she did try. Like, okay. She did That's try. True. I did. Okay. She did try. Yeah. We sat down. We read the script. And we are like, there's no way. And then Michael Sheehan, who's, like, a really good friend of ours and really the... the I feel like I know that name. Well, I mean, if you are in, like... The, the marketing. marketing world. Okay. You have to know Michael Sheehan, and he's the person who, like, number one hospitality person. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, right. And so he kind of just like, well, just go, dream. And we've been talking okay. about this recently. Like, it was one of the, the first times that we felt for real true freedom in creating when somebody, when we're in collaboration with someone. Like, mm -hmm. there was no, like, we're used to producers telling us, like, but can you change this? Can you change of that? Course. Can you do this? And we felt freedom like we had the ability to really expand so the 20 minutes went out the door <laughs> real fast yeah because we were allowed right because right, they right. were like you know what if it's not that <laughs> <laughs> after the you know like because we all got obsessed we all got obsessed right. with the story and we were really passionately into it like our meetings would be like the hands everywhere oh, the veins wow. and the you know like it was it was real it was real. Yeah, it was real. For I, feel the like real I, I feel like I'm reliving it as you're retelling the story. Like oh it's, it's coming across so vividly, you know. So for those who don't who don't know, again, those three people who don't know about the Amparo experience, because let's face it, our our listeners they know what's what. Um, give us a little bit of background on you know what is the story there? Because I know it does obviously it ties to Cuba, or else I wouldn't have given mm -hmm. that entire intro. Um, but also, mm -hmm. it, it does tie to, to the Bacardi family, yeah. you know, and so it, it does make sense that Havana, Havana Club would be like, hey, let's have this conversation. Right. So uh, the Real Havana Club was created by the Arechavala family mm -hmm. back in 18, oh my God, 1872. Sorry, no, 1935. The Arechavala's <laughs> no, opened. 1934. <laughs> okay, wow. Oh no, this is because uh, and, Vicky's having and, a beer. This is I why. was going to say, and for the record, she's behind us in yeah. the beer drinking. Like, her beer's almost full. It's I am a lightweight. I will uh, say oh, I'm no, a lightweight. I'm seeing. I don't know. I'm seeing that. Oh, my <laughs> God. 1934, after Prohibition. After Prohibition. But oh, their prohibition company had was been happening in Cuba, too? Yeah. Well, no, oh. no. Oh, oh you're prohibition just using our ended. Prohibition as... Because, okay, got it. Okay. Because 
because everyone went to Cuba because we had prohibition. Everybody hopped Got over on the ferries okay. that would and they would go over there. So then Havana Club was made for that market once the American market opened. There was the name uh, in English and the whole thing. The dream was like, okay, okay, American export always. You know what I mean? Because those are the people drinking. Okay, got so, it, got it, got it. Um, the 1878 comes from the fact that the company was built back then. <laughs> it was built. That's <laughs> when it like, started. This is like the most embarrassing. Like, I live this timeline and I'm like messing it up. And also you're super good with dates. I know. So <laughs> this, is, this is a moment. This, <laughs> is, this is the delicious beer. So <laughs> the point is that they create Havana Club. And at and in back in that day it was really like the rival to Bacardi, right? It was mm-hmm. like either you were drinking Havana Club or you were drinking Bacardi yeah, and like a Pepsi Coke thing. Yeah. Correct. Okay. That's exactly it. And so when the revolution hits, one of the co- one of the companies that gets nationalized is Havana Club. Uh, and they basically walk into the factory with a gunpoint and are like, Hey, uh, this is ours now. Um, and the same thing happened to Bacardi, except the Bacardi already didn't trust uh, Batista beforehand. Okay. So they had they already had like setups in Puerto Rico and in Mexico and and they had outs. Yeah. They had outs and they were prepared. Okay. They were also around a little bit longer, meaning like they were a, a whole nother like a whole nother story. But it, it they w- were around since the 1800s. They really right. were. Okay. Um, by the time that Jose Arrechavala comes to uh, to Cuba from Spain and mm-hmm. creates uh, Arrechavala S.A. Bacardi had been going around for a while. Okay. So that's really the start of it. Yeah. Uh, and then they get taken away. Cuba takes advantage of that and starts selling Havana Club under a stolen trademark. Yeah. And Ramon Arrechavala, who's the person we tell the story of, and his wife Amparo, spent his entire life trying to bring back um, the brand to the rightful owners. Y lo que se forma ahí, tremendo desastre. So, yeah, I mean. Which is horrible for real. It's horrible for real life, but great for a play. Yes. Very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so at what point did, did you, you know, as you were researching this, and I know you said that it was one of those where they started with 20 minutes and they said, you know what? Come back to me with your idea. Do whatever you all want. Yeah. At what point did you guys turn to yourself, to each other and kind of go, Let's make this a like choose your own adventure situation. Okay. And, and and how much do you hate yourself that you wanted to create seventeen different scripts? That yeah. <laughs> like because because that is some self hatred uh, <laughs> under the surface there, my dear. Yeah. I'm just saying. Twenty three. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there is twenty three. Um, yeah, five entry points and twenty three different. Like if you were gonna look at scripts, there was twenty three. It was insane, but it was really fun. And I don't think we were thinking in those terms of like it was just like go 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 go. You know what I mean? And this is my memory, and then you can tell yours. My memory was like there was a moment at Ball and Chain, yes, um, where we had a meeting and we had like essentially like we had handed in the 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 twenty minute script that lasted two seconds, and a conversation around like how it could become immersive, mm-hmm. and then that conversation, and then Michael Sheehan was like, whatever, like if you need to bring in a Hummer down Eighth Street, and we were like, and Vicky and I looked at each other and we're like. Is this the kind of thing we're going to, is this the kind of, yep, uh-huh, okay, <laughs> no problem, we can do that. And in came all the dreams. Right, yeah. And it- here's the thing, like, literally, we dream extremely big. Well, usually, you're creatives, of course you do. And usually people are like, that is just, put, you know, that's like 17 shows, you got to chisel it down, chisel it down, chisel it down, right? But here was an opportunity to do the thing. Right. And, so we and they were the encouraging thing. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the beauty of it. That yeah. they, they were like, no, no, go bigger, go yeah. bigger. And right. it was the team. 
It was specifically the team that was on it. It was not that it, it was like that magic. It was a magic team. Yeah. It, it really was. And like, you know, having people like Paul Ramirez and um, having people like Paul Ramirez and Michael Sheehan and, and Gio and all these people that were experts at the thing that they do really working with their everything. Right. I'm talking about like people. Gio Gutierrez. Of course, Chacha. Of course, Chacha. Uh, of course, one of our favorite people. Yes. <laughs> but everybody was working and still works from like their guts. And so when they're like, go for it, we have to tell the story. There's nothing else we can do. The only well, the only way for the story to get out is just to keep on telling it. Yeah, of course. Um, especially when us as Cuban Americans, I mean, in many ways we are Havana, like the real Havana Club yeah. in the sense of like, our credit as Cuban Americans of like whether we should care about Cuba or not right. is constantly being erased. And so <sighs> welcome to yeah. yeah. <laughs> the conversation we're all constantly having yeah. to have, right? Right. Well, the very first campaign that they had was Don't Tell Me I'm Not Cuban. Yeah. Oh that was that the one with no that was not the one with a Raul Esparza. Yes. Was it? Okay. Yeah. So you know that's where it was coming from mm -hmm. and it was like, yeah, absolutely. But let's tell that story of how we get there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Y'all were allowed to run rampant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you put this fantastic thing together. I didn't get to go see it because I wasn't one of the cool kids in oh, 2019. No. <laughs> but I will say I heard from everyone that came out of there. Once they stopped crying, they told me how wonderful it was. Um, I feel like, you know, y'all just created this, this moment that everybody just gave them the feels um, because literally I would say every time somebody told me about it they'd be like oh my god it was so beautiful and it was, I cried so much and it was so impactful and it was so heartwarming and it touched me and I'm not blowing smoke up y'all's ass like I'm literally telling you the constant that I would hear from everyone you know how much of that because you're telling someone else's story mm -hmm. right I mean this is a historical yeah. incident it's not like a, 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 I'm sure some elements were fictionalized for drama yeah. but it is a biography at the end of the day mm -hmm. But what did you find as you were writing it and putting it together that you're like, oh, this is universal. This is because I think that in order for people to feel that, you know, I can I can watch the biopic of, you know, what's love got to do with it about Tina Turner and feel bad for her. Right. Like, I can, <laughs> no, because I mean, it's like, oh, my God, like, you know, that's horrible. You know, I, like I feel bad. But I've never experienced that, you yeah, know? Yeah, I, I can have sympathy, yeah. but not necessarily empathy. And I feel that everyone who came out of, of your show, there was an empathetic angle to it, where people felt their story was being told, when again, this is not a fictionalized story. This is right. literally a true, these are actual people. Yeah, right. Do um, you want to say first about specificity and? You, well, I mean, I feel like, it is, uh, where do we start here? <laughs> In the beginning. In the beginning. Um, what were you going to say? Because I have many thoughts. You have many thoughts. Yeah. So I think part of that is, uh, if, if I'm going to try to simplify it, okay. um, is part of it was that there were a ton of real human hidden Mickeys within the piece, meaning as you went through, there was pieces of the story that were actually pieces of our family story, of the actor's family story, okay. of like how we handled things. There's a lot of things that, um, subtle, subtle, subtle gestures of like, there was these certain monologues that one-to-one -one people would have. And some mm -hmm. of them were geo stories. Some of them were like how my mom and my grandma swapped jewelry at some moments. Okay. Um, there's a lot of pieces that were our family's story collectively as a group 
that I think infused the the juice of the piece. Okay. And so, to be fair, we're talking to the perfect audience for this, which is a, mostly a bunch of Cuban Americans. Even though what shocked us was like Vietnamese Americans coming in and being like, "This is my right. story," and you're like, "Whoa, what?" Oh, like, wow. I, in many ways, we expected the Cuban Americans to, to feel Even something. The but the Venezuelans. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was part of it. And I think also the immersive quality of it in the sense of the reason, and this is something that we talked about a lot, and the idea of everybody talks about the revolution. Everybody talks about what it is for everything to be taken from you. And this is something that, that Vicky would tell the, the cast. Like, everybody talks about that. What does it mean to feel it? Like, what does it mean to actually walk through it and actually feel it? And people, I think people forgot there were moments where people forgot they were in a play because there were moments of it that, for some people, reminded them of their life. The moment that I remember, and the reason why I stopped for a second is because it was like a flash of so many stories right. in the rum garden after that would come to me. Like, we had the Betancourt sisters that had to leave the show because they were like, and they waited for me outside. Okay. And they pulled me aside and they were like, I just want you to know that we had to leave because this is... Our story. But it's not because you did anything no, they, offensive and, and or whatever. No, no al contrario. People wait outside, and or what? they would faint, and then like we had fainters every week, and and beg to be let back in. Oh, shit. So it was a big. It was a big. So the, with the sisters, they were like we. They essentially saw their family member get shot, and so Jesus. they were they were in that moment, which was near the end, mm. mind you. There was a redemption at the end, but they couldn't get through that moment because, mm. of course. You know, so yeah. it just, it, I think something about walking through it and walking the steps. Well, because you're not separated by a stage. Correct. Correct. And I think that a lot of it, meaning like that story, which is the one that I think sticks out a lot, but we had plenty of freaking yeah. stories that would come to us. Like I remember a lady that was very similar who I sat down with and she was like, I can't go back in there, but I was a nurse and I had to deal with a bunch of revolutionaries that I wanted to kill. <laughs> like I had oh, to, shit. and I'm like, I can't do this. Like, this is great. And so I think part of that is, is the fact that unfortunately our history is embedded with very similar stories mm -hmm. of this atrocity. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, ultimately it affected everyone. You know, e even though we may not have had the same exact experiences, you know, you hear, like you said, the stories from your, you know, your deals, your grandparents and, and everybody. So you can relate to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to use that as a segue <laughs> to, um, you know, to, to talk about Abre Caminos, mm -hmm. which I know, is it one Camino or, or multiples? It's one Camino. One Camino. Okay, because I just, I added an S at the end there. A, a lot of people like, do. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I, I like to take multiple paths. That's that's why. Um you know, I was. We were talking earlier. I, I had the, the the good fortune of going to the exhibit that you all had at Books and Books. You know, yeah. couldn't make Amparo, but I made sure I was not going to miss this one. Um, with all of the photographs and with everyone talking, you know, their story. So it was again immersive in a different way. Yeah. Um, because you know, it was down the hall. The pictures were there, and then everybody you put on the headphones and was telling their family story or their personal stories. Also, bonus, I got to take home a set of headphones. It was nice. Because, um, you know, who wants to... Here's my earwax. Um, but tell me a little bit more about, you know, the, the Abre Camino Collective and, and the works that y'all are doing. Because it, it seems to me that... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves 
feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In the last couple of years or so, you know, especially I think I would say since you know July 11th, um, yeah. that was last year, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. Time has no meaning to me anymore after COVID. Yeah. Um, that people, this kind of brought it into a into a, an awareness that didn't even exist when y'all did Ampato, right? Yes. It, 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 if I think if Ampato had come out this year, right after last year and everything. I think it would have been even bigger, which mm-hmm. means that I would have never been able to even get you guys on the show. <laughs> but, um, you know, what is it about about that that, you you know, I think you've touched upon a little bit, but I want you to maybe elaborate that we need to not just tell our story, but we need to make sure that our story is being told properly. Yes. Is, is that is that a big oh, crux of it? Because oh yeah, for the last year and change, on social media with everybody and their mother every time we post something about, you know, the horrors of Cuba. Yes. And it's always people who have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I'm get, I, to segue from Amparo, at the end of Amparo in the Rum Garden, there was a whole new generation of people that had been awakened to the sto- some stories that they didn't know before and were energized in a way that I think was really interesting in the sense that two years later, not even... Um, comes July 11th, and they're ready for battle. <laughs> like, yeah. all of them. All of the Miami kids, you know what I mean? All 25,000 It was about to be like a, came, like you know, a reverse Bancero movement, is what it looked like was no, going to happen, you was, know? It like, was yeah. real. Um, and I think that, that that matters. And it's because, you know, the, the, thing, the thing that you were talking about was essentially we have been interviewing, we are calling it the Martians, um, Ooh. Because uh, uh, tell me more. I, I feel I feel like you're talking about me right yes, now. First exactly. of all, we are. We're all oh, okay, Martians. Okay, okay. We're all Martians. You know, we're all um, from some other planet, seemingly sometimes, but also from Marti. So if you say Martianos in Spanish, Mar- yeah, and like it's just a play on words and all of this. I love you both, but I kind of want to like. I hate you because that's so fucking brilliant. <laughs> like, like it's just so fucking brilliant. Like, I hate that I didn't come up with it, but I love you. I do. I love you. I love you, ladies. Uh, <laughs> but we're all Martians, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and we're Martians on both sides of the Florida Straits, you know? Yeah. Um, and what we wanted to do and we've been doing for years now is collecting the stories, the interviews, long and and real of the people from 1955 to the present moment. We have a lot of interviews for them, from the people who fought on July 11th, Movimiento San Isidro, oh, wow. all of them. So like, recent, recent. Yeah. Yeah. No, like right now. Like like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and those interviews have been here. They've been in Spain. They've been all in, oh, wow. you know, LA, like everywhere. So... And this is this is an exhibit that has already begun, this or is, or it's this is going to be. I mean, part of Abre Camino is what we call radical storytelling. Okay, there's a lot of facets to what we mean by that, but part of it is truly immersing 
the audience member beyond medium, one of the facets of radical storytelling is immersing the audience member beyond medium in the story itself. So yeah. the piece itself is going to be a book. It has a oh. documentary component. It has an immersive, um, an immersive exhibit. Wow. Uh, the epitome of 360. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. You're, you're getting in there. And it's going to be a piece in which we, we want more people to come, meaning more access, more flow. Um, but that's getting, that's getting put together. But part of it is because people keep on trying to retell our story and take it out of the mouths of the people who lived it. Right. So Vane always says this, and it's, it's the, the subconscious Vanessa that I have in the back of my head. No one can tell you that that's not your story. If you are telling your story, you can say whatever you want, but you can't tell my dad that he didn't spend his birthday waiting to get on a boat and cross over with a Mariel. You can't do that. Can we say that louder for the people in the fucking back? Yeah. Because that that is literally the biggest issue we have had yeah. is, you know, I, Dar my co-host Darian, you know, he his family, my parents came when they were young. Like, so my parents really lived most of their life here. His parents didn't. His parents came when they were in their 30s. You know, I mean, he was born there. He came when he was six months. Yeah. And when he tells these stories about his family, like you would, you wouldn't be amazed because I'm sure you get this all the time. But it's amazing to me how many people online will be like, "No, you're lying. Uh -huh. No, that's not true. No, that didn't happen." And it's like, listen, Todd from Maine. Yeah, right. You know, yes, it did. And don't come and talk to me about hardships when you know your biggest hardship is, oh no, they didn't have a venti at Starbucks. Like yeah, you know, right. like yeah. I'm if I would. Yeah, and sometimes it's Todd from Maine or wherever, and sometimes it's some freaking dude who's being paid by the Cuban government. <laughs> bueno, in, that's in, yeah. <laughs> right. But bueno, por lo menos those people are getting a paycheck. At least, el otro home come mierda que lo está haciendo because maybe. he likes to. No, they're probably getting, they're probably getting something else. They're probably getting a learn notes. Bueno, pero they're getting a check in some yeah. form. So, in some form. But Todd's right. worse. Todd's just being an asshole. <laughs> He's being oblivious. Yeah, yeah and not yeah. listening. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that's, I mean, part of it is also the fact that we're clear that after Elian, we were all made the crazy Cubans. Like that was a, yeah. that was we, a we very don't do clear. Our, we don't do ourselves any favors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We were, we were painted in the United States, which is part of the, it's part of the thing. We embrace it. That's part of our personality. <laughs> and it's okay. Who wants to be sane? But, but to the rest of the world. Being sane is like being the human equivalent of the color beige. Who wants to be that? <laughs> yes. To the rest of the world, we're the crazy Cubans who wanted to separate a kid from his father. Right. And then to us, it was like, there's an entire government manipulating this entire situation. Yeah, it's not that simple. No, it's, it's not, not that simple. simple. This and is not like, Americans are like, custody case. And you're like, um, hello, people. On the face of it, yes. Yeah, but, but that's a very American view right. of the entire thing. Right. You know, so it's very layered. It's layered. Right. layered and yeah. lots of. So, I mean, I think everybody has their place in La, in La Batalla, if you right. will. And ours is storytelling and putting the stories out the way that they should be put out. Right. And from the mouths of the babes, if you will. Do you find that that's happening more, not necessarily just with us Cuban-Americans, but in general that our stories, be they, you know, Cuban, Venezuelan, black, Asian, gay, whatever, are being told more from the perspective of authenticity like they're being written by people who actually experienced it more than before or do you think that it's still kind of a 50 50 sitch i think we're trying i think okay. we're really there's trying. been inroads there's definitely i think there's um a lot of positive that has come out of the last couple of years but um i think there's still a lot of and we're in meetings every day where people are like but like what what makes this like latin like make it latin 
And you're, you're telling them a Latin story, right? You're telling them your story. So therefore, it is Latin just by the very fact that you're saying right. it. Right. And you're like, but this is what that is. Yeah, but like, but like, but I challenge you. What is it? <laughs> you, you know, because this is exactly what I've sat I mean, in I those should, meetings. Yes. Because I used to do multicultural marketing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my Lord. And multicultural marketing to some people means, well, we bought BET and we bought Univision. We're done. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's like, it's, that's, that's the bare minimum. It's full authenticity. And, and yeah. that's our problem, that there is this, this like, I'm oh, you want authentic, so I'm going to be authentic, but I'm not really going to listen. Right. And I'm going to skirt around it, and I'm going to ask you to adapt it to the way that I want you to adapt it that's palatable to me. Right. My theory of authentic. Of you. Correct. Right, right. My theory of you is the you. Yeah. So give me the give you that I that. think you are. So, of course, you're always battling. You're always in yeah. a battle. And it, they have, here's the thing, the, the minute they let you do the thing that you do, they have no idea how much money they can make. Like, that's the other thing. Uh-huh. And it's like, people. Girl, show them those receipts from Unbottle. They'll, 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 they'll know, because y'all were sold out literally every week. But every I day. think part, and it's not to be like, we're so great. It's not that. It's that we were telling a true story to people that we know how to tell it. We know how to tell their, like, we know it because we've lived it because we, we breathe it every day. Right. And then we get a lot of, like, people uh, coming to us and then asking us to adapt and not do our job. And it's like, if you want el arroz con pollo with, like, for real how it's made, then it has to be us a la chorrera. And it can't be the fucking Sofia no sé qué. I just got hungry. La chorrera. <laughs> like, I mean, I haven't had anything since lunch. So I'm, I'm in a, that, that hit me in all the places. <coughs> Uh, so I know you, you ladies, you know, you, you mentioned the Martians mm-hmm. and you mentioned, sorry, okay, the microphone sometimes like is a little wonky. Okay, it's better now. Okay. I believe you mentioned there's another project that, that may be coming on the pike. Yes. I don't know if you want to talk about that. I know I'm yes. asking you to spill all your secrets, right? Like, No, we're talking about it for sure. It's called Rubenology. Rubenology. Now, and is that the study of Ruben Blades? It is the study of Ruben Robasa. Okay, I was close. The, yeah. making, of, the making of an American legend. Okay. Now, what was his name again? Ruben what? Ruben Rabasa. So, okay. if you're Cuban and you you're of a certain age, he's 84 years old. This is the story of his life, and this is him telling it. He is essentially a legend in some circles. He's been on everything from like you know um, the Lost City to Sao Gigante to blah blah. We give them okay. everything. We can keep going and going and going. But um, he was also this is the crazy thing. He was an Amparo. And he was also... Like in his character or he? He. he. Oh, he. Oh, he okay, okay, okay. He was playing a character and he's because he's an actor. And he um, was the meme, the meme of 2019. He was focus group man in um, the show I Think You Should Leave. And he became this giant like meme all over Netflix. Uh, I mean, all over the world because of the, sh- the the what he did on Netflix. And he has all these followers that are like Gen Z. Are you serious? Yes. So he's bridging this like insane gap. Of, I like, feel so uncool. I don't know who he is. Well, that's and that's exactly why we're here. Because you would be in rehearsal and you would be talking to Ruben. And all of a sudden Ruben's like, yeah. And then I introduced Colin Firth to his wife. And you're like, what? <laughs> As one does. As one does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been on Taina. Um, oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And he was uh, he was poppy or whatever at Taina. He's, uh, his boobs have been touched by Adam Sandler. Like, he's he's that person that all of a sudden is whopping out a new story. That you're like, what? And people have seen him. But they... but. I'm sure they've you seen his face. He's that guy. He's yeah. that guy. Okay. Um, and he's done it with his Cuban accent, and he's done it 
with mostly speaking Spanish, and he has lived 84 years of his life doing the thing that he loves, yes, sir. and and living a beautiful life. And he's done it. He's done it being cast as a Italian Native American everything. And then when it comes to the Cuban movie, he's not. He doesn't get to play the Cuban. He other people like. Yeah, yeah, like, I I know, well, you know, essentially, like, Italian-Americans or whoever play those parts. So, like, his trajectory is so fascinating for the right now because he always asks, like, why am I so late? Why am I so late? And the world had a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. I mean, I... I have to go check this man out. Like, I, I yeah. feel, again, I feel, I, A, I feel behind, you know, the times and super uncool because he's a freaking meme, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not 84 in a meme. No, but, but that's the best part is that he has an incredible Instagram following of this whole generation of people who are totally unlike him that are just in love with him. And, you know, we're doing the show at Gable Stage, uh, July 14th through the 31st. ¿Cuál, cuál es? Wait, July, ¿Cuándo es? July? July 14th. To the 31st. To the 31st. Gable Stage is? The, at the Biltmore. At the Biltmore, okay. Which okay. is a whole thing. It's been a theater that's been there that nobody knows that it's there. That's why I had to clarify. It, I was yes. like, I was like that's not... It might be. It might be close. Is it close to one of it's the oldest? To the it's really one of the ones that have been here for you. Have a coconut grove closed. I'm saying right, living right, it alive. Oh, well, yeah. And that's the thing that a lot of people of that's like you know it goes into silos. So we're super excited that this is not going to be a silo for a moment. Like come, Ruben followers um, and people want to know. Well, okay. So I'm not going to be left out on the cold with this one. Okay. Okay. We're going to go. Look, you know, we're going on a cruise on the 18th, so we'll have to figure it out. But you know, actually, both of us are going to be on on, on a cruise because God forbid we do anything without the other one. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's a problem. I'm a, I'm I'm kind of shocked that there's only one of you here today. Well, the umbilical cord got a little longer today yeah. so so that's the only reason why so okay rubenology the martians now i know the amparo experience is living online yeah. right it is. it's it's it has a its own insta page mm-hmm. yes where it has uh filmed correct we call it a social media movie <laughs> there you go i knew there was a phrase for it but i couldn't remember what it was so i was like i'll cue it up and let her do it <laughs> so it's basically you know what it's it's it was it's not that you filmed while it existed you went back and filmed it specifically for this this uh execution correct we uh went all through miami and broward to find the places that look the most like cuba wait there are places in broward that look like cuba there are there you have no idea mira que la gente habla basura de broward pero okay 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 it would be great if you're like yeah that's where we filmed in malecón ahí en pembroke pines we filmed el capitolio we just popped over to dc and filmed the capitolio no big deal um so yeah so we went throughout all of south florida to find these pieces and we were trying to find the way to tell this story in a way that um, people who couldn't watch the show, right. especially in the time of Corona, right. could uh, could have access to it and take the story in. So we, it was a task. It was like hard to be like, okay, why would Amparo be telling this story now? Like we really took into account what it would mean for Amparo to tell the story on social media um, and do it in an authentic way to the story and and to and to the legacy that we've built. Right. And it's a totally different thing than the show. It's not at all like that, but 
It's a different way to see it, and it's somewhere where you could always go. Right, for, right. It can live, like, it can live well, on. It could live. And what, what is it about? Everyone is like, what is it about? Yeah. What happened? What is this? What is that? You can just go and see it. Yeah. And, I mean, if Amparo ever came back, I would just say that you should pay attention to the social media because it might... It might help you out in Amparo. I feel like I'm saying sin decir, so I'm going to leave it at that because I feel like y'all are, are dropping a little breadcrumb there without dropping too many, and I love it. Ladies, I, I can't express again how much I, I want to thank you, not just for being here with us today, but everything you're doing. Um, you know, when I went to the exhibit, which I, I confess I forgot the name of the exhibit at Books and Books right now. It's not coming to mind. Um, <laughs> well, don't worry. It, it essentially lives on as the Martians. I, you know, my eyes got watery at some of the stories. And so you, you've managed to capture something that we always say, which is, you know, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. And, you know, we are of a very, I mean, Martians is the perfect word for it, you know, because it's like we've got this story that nobody seems to understand or want to understand or they try to understand it, but they never fully can. And if we don't tell that story it will eventually get lost, yeah. you know, because our, let's face it, you know, my, I only have one abuela left, you know, and eventually we all do get older and the stories will go with us. And and thank you so much for just making sure that, that that's not going to happen anytime soon. So thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you for having us. And this is also our invitation to tell you and others that we do it because it's our passion, but everybody should be recording those stories, especially and our grandparents' stories. Yeah, but and and if you if you have a story, if you want to tell us your story and be a Martian because you already are, reach out. Okay, you heard it here, guys. Todos Marciano, that's it. We gotta get we gotta get together. We gotta jump on our saucer. We gotta send the antennas and get the stories over to these ladies. Thank you, thank you, thank you so yeah, much. It's I, I can't wait to keep seeing everything you all put out. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano, produced by Ismaeliano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.